This episode of the E-Design It podcast is sponsored by Microchip Technology. Make the move to high-voltage silicon carbide with ease, speed, and confidence. Microchip Technology's new 3.3 kilovolt silicon carbide MOSFETs and shock key barrier diodes deliver advanced efficiency and reliability for your high-voltage power systems. Unveiled last month at APEC 2022, the MOSFETs give you the industry's lowest on resistance of just 25 milliohms. And with the shock key barrier diodes, you get the industry's highest current rating of 90 amps. Plus, you can get either of these power devices as a die or packaged. To learn more, visit microchip.com forward slash APEC 2022. All right, guys, I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are here with Ed Garibian. He is the CEO of Lumen, and he's going to talk to us today about some software that is helping um, on the plant floors. So let's uh, let's dive into manufacturing and uh, and find out more about machine downtime. I think that's a hot topic right now. So thanks for joining us, Ed. We appreciate your time. Sure. Why don't you kick us off by telling us a little bit about Lumen and what you guys are working on over there? Oh, sure. Lumen is a software company that's really focused on uh, mitigating or reducing or eliminating machine downtime, actually. And um, what we do is uh, provide customers with a solution that allows them to monitor their machines in real time, you know, critical parameters, um, anything from conditions such as temperatures, flow, how many hours the machine's been running, any any type of parameter that makes sense that's, you know, critical for the um, care of that machine and use those, use that data, use those real-time values to then trigger actions off of. Um, in our world, an action can be as simple as a notification, an email, telling something that, you know, telling someone that, that there's potentially an event that could occur. Mm-hmm. Um, customers can also augment those actions with, you know, uh, work orders, uh, maintenance uh, requests, even even spare parts orders, all based on what's going on with their machinery during production in, in real time. It's a cloud-based app. So I'm just thinking about a client actually that we were we were chatting with who had um, you know all of these sensors for pretty much the same thing on the equipment. So how do you work with the right. um, manufacturers in terms of um, you know getting the equipment set up for that type of monitoring? Sure. Yeah, we um, we're our, our software is very standards based. Um, so um, in essence, any type of protocols that the manufacturer has in place, we support. Obviously, with IoT now, uh, there's a whole um, array of um, MQTT and all the associated protocols that um, inter- the Internet of Things technology has brought forth, and we support all of those. We also support um, what's uh, called more um, legacy, I guess, protocols, mm-hmm. um, PLCs, dig- um, distributed control systems, where they have um, OPCDA and, and uh, an array of other protocols, Modbus, et cetera, that we also support. So really any any type of intelligence that the manufacturer has on their plant floor, we can use that to um, present um, opportunities for predictive and, and proactive um, triggers. Mm-hmm. So you're basically taking the the data in from any of their sensors that already exist, yeah. right? Whether and uh, is that now is that just I, I know you mentioned temperature and, and some other parameters, right? Do you guys also do do you guys do like visual monitoring if there is if they have visual data that's coming in? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's a great question. Any type of um, data and and right as long as that data is presented um, in an electronic format um, mm-hmm. of some sort, we can actually trigger off of it. 
So that can include observations that include video data that can include sound. Um, mm -hmm. Those are all parameters that that can be used to trigger actions in our system. In our in our systems, a workflow based um, system, so that it's not only understanding that there's potentially alarm conditions or conditions that represent alarm um, events, but um, with our product, customers have the chance to very thoughtfully and you know, engage around those events. So in other words, um, at the time of day, um, the criticality of the machine that the event's on, those are all parameters that can be sort of fed into our system and um, out, out from that come actions that make sense based on, you, you know, what process they're monitoring, who's the operator, um, mm -hmm. you know, of that process, what location are they in? What supporting vendors, suppliers, or contractors they have nearby? All of those can be fed into our engine. And then once an event or an alarm condition occurs, the actions to mitigate that are, are, are very much honed in on, you know, the specifics around the process at the exact time and the exact event and, and the location of that event. So how does it, okay, so we've seen like, you know, manufacturing go from like one shift to three shift yeah. to now being almost automated, right? Where it's just really monitoring. How right. how has it changed over time, right? With being able to monitor that data or how important has it gotten? Sure. I, I think, um, um, you know, technology itself has, has um, forced um, the manufacturing community to um, look at processes that make them more competitive because if they don't their com their competitors are it is a world market um so in general iot and industry 4.0 have have on, on their on its own um you know become catalysts for improving your operations and leveraging you know what used to be enormously expensive and take an enormous amount of time leveraging the technology to the point where they can be a lot more nimble and a lot more connected uh, but obviously, you know, um, in today's world, over the last 24 months, we've also seen that where um, uh, factors that have nothing to do with technology, um, or well, at least certainly um, um, OT or IT, it's it, you know, I'm referring to the pandemic and right. and labor shortages and supply short shortages and all that. Those have also accelerated, you know, the need to um, you know take a really hard look at how to improve your operations, your manufacturing operations, your operations in general, your supply chain, and um, and use Industry 4.0 technology and IoT to um, really streamline things. Um, you know, uh, most of our customers are multi-site, but even those that aren't um, have, um, as, as, as we see, remote workers, or at least mm -hmm. have to think about remote workers. And, and how to do that in a manufacturing environment is probably not the most intuitive thing, but um, it has to be thought through. And, and, and I believe, you know, our, our product and, and the tech stack that we're based on um, allow customers to, to truly, you know, add that to their competitiveness. Um, this this so-called nimbleness and speed and and the ability to to adapt quickly is all part of what drives customers to come to us. So sorry, Nicola. I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. I was going to say. So if you you mentioned multiple sites, right? So uh -huh. when you have multiple sites or even like a multiple part process, maybe even at the same site, right? How right. In, like can you talk a little bit about how that data sort of affects what's down the line? Right. Because sometimes it, you know, it yeah. all sort of they're all daisy chained. Right. So they're all sort of one after the other after the other. So how does it how does it impact like the 
the very tail end, right? If something goes wrong in the beginning or in the middle of the process or in that point. Yeah, yeah that's that's um, that's really true. A lot of our customers, um, the way they produce their product is through a process. It's through, um, like, obviously, food and beverage is a perfect example, but mm-hmm. there are others. And and um, as, as a part of a, you know, a sort of a continuous process, um, obviously, anything that occurs upstream or downstream affects the end product. Um, and uh, it's very hard to recover uh, from faults that occur even early on because it, it is a continuous process and, and everything's connected. Um, the batch, the flow of the you know ingredients, uh, and, and all that are impacted. Whether if there's a temperature change early on, um, that can obviously re- you know ruin an entire batch of, of product or, or um, output. So um, uh, those are examples of where um, you know speed and and um, uh, a very proactive and predictive um, approach to you know eliminating any type of faults is is hugely important. So, I mean, I think you've covered a lot of the opportunities there that lie for American manufacturing. Are there any others that, you know, where where are the other opportunities that we're missing? Well, one of the areas that our customers have uh, told us um, they really benefit from by deploying, you know, our product or products like ours um, is uh, is in areas of safety, um, worker safety. Um, So um, whether they're a continuous manufacturing process or not, um, you know, the reality is um, there there are a lot of new people coming into the workforce. Um, maybe not enough, but there are, you know, there's there's a, um, uh, you know, there's new new workers, there's workers that are, uh, you know, sort of, you know, retiring. So there's a lot of change going on from an HR perspective. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that, you um, uh, you know that those types of changes, and and you combine that with uh, the, the need for um, uh, quickly adjusting their manufacturing processes and 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 how they make product and and the the drive to customize um, operations uh, doesn't um, uh, doesn't affect uh, worker safety, and um, our application and and the way it's constructed and and the benefits that customers get from um, you know, being able to be more predictive um, reduces the risk of, of injury and it reduces the risk of um, in, injury not only to um, the immediate worker, but to folks in the plant. And, and in some cases, um, depending on the type of, um, you know, process it is, it can also reduce the impact uh, to the environment and potential injury mm-hmm. to the environment if there's leaks that occur or toxic, right. you know, materials or toxic um you know, elements or waste or whatever they get exposed. So all of that is something that um, um, customers will tell you that our product helps um, helps mitigate. Do you see Do you see a lot of uh, data monitoring in like? Because we see a lot of automated with like warehouses, right? You know, where that logistics process. Do you sure. see a lot of of people in that space really implementing um, solutions like this? Well, I think, um, you know, our niche is, is um, infrastructure, physical infrastructure, machinery. Um, um, it doesn't have to be machinery, but physical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And any, any environment where um, part of their operations 
um, customers have to maintain or, or manage physical infrastructure, physical assets, you know, we're, we're a fit. Um, I would also, I would also say that um, supply chain is, is in general, whether it's local warehouses that's, that service um, the manufacturer or, or the industrial plant or, or, or the customer site um, or, or vendors, you know, thousand miles away or 10,000 miles away. I think, uh, you know, integrating the supply chain uh, is, is a huge, um, you know, is a huge task. And it's, it's also one that, you know, is, is absolutely necessary. Um, not just because we've all heard about shortages, but, but now increasingly um, being lean means uh, using partners to the fullest, right. And whether the partner is, is a, is a labor source, a supply source, a tool source, mm-hmm. um, you know, or machine source, um, integrating their operations to in sort of a, a way to speak into your operations um, in, a, in a connected in a connected manner is um, is as vital as understanding the condition of your machines on your plant floor. In my opinion, you know, right. so that's you know. Do, that's do you all see? Part can, of do you see that as like uh, autonomous? whatever robots or vehicles now they're collecting all this data it's going to become even more complicated to collect the data and understand what's going on or is it you know now that there there's actually like sort of real there's well not that they're real there's always real sources of data right. but there yeah. hopefully there's more accurate sources of data at every moment it's going to be easier to uh, understand what's going on yeah i think that's it i mean i think um the beauty of what iot and and in our in our world iot has brought is that um you know, it's lower the cost of, um, you know, of monitoring, um, mm-hmm. of uh, monitoring parameters. I want to use that word loosely because you may, it's a good point. I mean, now um, there are different types of sensors and, and those sensors can be placed in different areas and monitor different aspects of, um, of what's going on in an operation, uh, dramatically different than you know, what we had thought was possible even probably 10, 10 years ago. And um, so I think um, IOT and uh, IOT have made um, re- really complex monitoring a lot more affordable. Um, and in doing so, you know, you're going to get a lot more data and, and, and maybe, um, you know, collecting, you know, parameters and conditions that you couldn't collect before. Mm-hmm. And um, I agree once that happens, um, I think decision-making is going to get easier because you're going to have, you know, sort of like different perspectives on what's going on at a point in time. And each perspective, I, what I mean by that is being represented by different types of conditions. So as you add, instead of measuring only or, or monitoring two two points of data, now maybe, you know, it's pretty easy to monitor four or five. And maybe, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, you're not only monitoring the actual four or five points on the, on the asset or the machine, but maybe you're also monitoring, you know, the, the ambient, you know, weather or, or the surrounding right. weather or the surrounding air, air pressure, you know, right. it's all, all now possible and it all adds to decision-making and, and, and hopefully the more, the ability to be more accurate in, in your decision-making. And I think those are key points that when we look at the future, right. And I always like to ask a very futuristic question, you know, and if you had it your way mm. in your mind, what would the future you know, of manufacturing look like when it's coupled with all of this technology? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I still think that, um, uh, and in the end, it's, it's all about, it's all about, um, you know, supplying um, quality products, um, mm-hmm. at fair prices and, and hopefully, uh, you know, 
products that are um, uh, safe safe to use. In other words, maybe maybe what's going to happen is instead of cutting corners and and pr producing you know products that are, are less quality or or products that um, the customer doesn't know are are, um, are are less in quality until maybe you know too late. Maybe now um, uh, this technology will allow manufacturers to actually produce um, more quality products with more quality at at, at, a, at a less you know less cost. And whether it's the less direct cost or um, you know at such great efficiencies that they gain um, they they gain margin by you know, eliminating waste in their processes um, and allows them to use better raw materials, higher quality raw materials, higher quality product, but uh, make it up in terms of, you know, higher throughput, that's great. So um, I guess to answer your question, just um, we're just hoping that all, you know, everything we do and, 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 our, and our counterparts in the industry just, um, you know, um, ultimately end uh, in, in, you know, better quality, you know, uh, solutions for for the uh, for the end customer. Brian, do you have any other technical questions for Ed today? No, I, no, I think I probably asked enough at this point. <laughs> Ed, if what is it that we're not asking? What do you think we should be asking about? Um, our website. No, <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think um, I think the. Um, the one area that I think customers or, or prospects have to understand is that, um, you know, um, the cost of, and we sort of touched on this, but I think the cost of doing um, this type of, um, you know, implementation or, 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 or adding this type of technology to their their operations process is, is continually dropping. And I think, um, I think, um, you know, we started, I mean, IOT has been around for whatever now, four or five years, industry mm -hmm. is a buzzword anyways. And it is interesting, you know, I mean, um, when it was first chatted about or whatever, you talked to prospects and, and they looked at it as something that, you know, involved an, an enormous amount of change, right? And, mm -hmm. and retrofitting and all that. And I think, um, you know, just in the last five years, I mean, while it might be still true uh, to some extent, I think the the, um, the level of complexity and the whole notion of a, this daunting retrofit is is really, really, you know, dropped and and mm -hmm. has dramatically improved. So I think that's that's where that should get out. I would say. All right, and tell us where we can learn more about Lumen. Um, L-L-U-M-I-N.com, Lumen.com. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Thank you.